Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Very strange trying to change the television channel to see if you yourself is on TV. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Nuan is now. Happy Monday. We are flying by the seat of our pants, but that's because it's that time of year. We got so much stuff going on, and uh, we're happy to be here with you. ton of football talk coming up today, including starting with the Montana Football Hour. Montana Football Hour, we go through... Uh, what went down over the weekend, at least that's will be that will be the formula once the season begins. Uh, but we're still going to have conversations about leading up to the season for both Montana and Montana State. We're also going to hear from a couple guys with high expectations coming into this year. Alex Gubner from the University of Montana, who's expected to be one of the best defensive linemen, not only in the Big Sky Conference, but in the country. And we'll also hear from Ryland Ort, who's a Missoula native, a Missoula Sentinel product, and uh, now a junior safety there uh, at Montana State. Expected to be Montana State's starting strong safety, and I think a guy that uh, has some great potential. So we'll do that all throughout hour number one. We also have some of our biggest concerns for both the Cats and the Grizz. You know, I mean, no team is perfect. I, I think both these teams are really solid right now, and I do think that they have very, very definitive strengths, place, places where there's really no concern. And then there's other places where... It remains to be seen, but I, I think that's what makes college football fun. Who, who's going to transform into a star? Who's going to develop at a really high level? Who, who's going to be a guy we didn't know? You know, I mean, we know all the guys, of course. We study the rosters in, in and out. But who's a guy that maybe the, the common fan doesn't know that breaks out in a big way and becomes you know a frontline starter and a, a big-time contributor? 
But right now, those are question marks as we sit here in August. So we'll do that as well. And also got a recruiting update for both Montana and Montana State for you, too. Uh, Hour number two. We teased this last week, but we'll actually do it this week. Bold predictions and divisional favorites. More importantly, divisional picks from yours truly. Who do I got winning each division in the NFL? Uh, what's one bold statement uh, about each division that I can give you? We'll do that throughout hour number two. Also, if you've been following on social media, the book and movie The Blind Side, at least according to Michael Orr, is fake. We'll get more into it. Uh, man, sometimes the, sometimes the saying it's too good to be true really is so true. And uh, there's a couple other tidbits from across the world of sports. I, I started watching Hard Knocks. We, um, well, I shouldn't say we, Carol and the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports, who joins us each week, she, one of her favorite foils is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, And and I think in a lot of ways, the way that she analyzes it, I think justifiably so. Aaron Rodgers is um, self-congratulatory and some would say egotistical and certainly loves listening to himself talk, certainly loves being the center of attention. Uh, But as a a Hard Knocks main character, Aaron Rodgers... We're only one episode in, but he's coming across as pretty cool. So we'll talk some uh, hard knocks in hour number two as well. This is Nuanas Now. You are listening on ESPN Radio. You are watching on SWX Montana Television. And uh, maybe you're streaming on the ESPN MT app. No matter how you're here, we appreciate you for being here. You can also always use our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. You'll find the stream. And if you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. And all guests will join us via the Ragged Brothers RV phone line. We try to get to your texts, especially when they're pertinent and timely in real time. But sometimes we get texts retrospectively. And I think some of you guys are are listening to the podcast and then texting the number, which I actually think that's awesome. If if you are providing us with uh, commentary and, and feedback, and it's coming from the non-live part of the show. That's exactly what we're going for. That's why we have the Nuanas Now podcast. So appreciate you if you do. Sometimes, though, we get texts from over the weekend or texts from after showtime. And uh, we, I, I usually try to um, get all those together and then and sort of roll through them. So we do have a couple from over the weekend from stuff we've been talking about. So we'll get to that uh, throughout the show as well. So keep the texts coming in. If we don't get to it right away, 406-888-1029. We certainly will get to it. Uh, my best of the weekend, like I usually like to start these Mondays off with, first of all, we've been doing the 50th anniversary of hip-hop in America uh, each Friday with our great friend Rajim Seabrook. He curates a playlist for us and then teaches us about those artists and sort of how they fit together and how they fit into the hip-hop movement. It's been unbelievably entertaining and educational, very informative. I uh, love my man Raj for putting all that together every week. But on Saturday, it actually was the 50th anniversary of hip-hop in America. So there was a little block party down there uh, on the hip strip in Missoula. Uh, very cool. I, I went down and hung out. We, did, we didn't go out for very long. I went down and hung out with that for about an hour and then went and got some dinner. Um, but certainly fun, and it's always fun to have a community event where people get together. Uh, Andrew, that's like right by your new pad. Did you check out the, the hip-hop festival right there? I mean, it was like right in front of your house pretty much. Uh, I did, yeah. So I made sure to finish up uh, the story I was working on that afternoon, and then I got down there for the last couple hours of it. Nice, cool. By the way, that story's great. Uh, SkylineSportsMT.com, you can find it. Just uh, Andrew's musings from the Big Sky kickoff and uh, how 
you know, through all this crazy chaotic uh, times in, in college football, somehow, some way, the Big Sky has sort of settled into having this defined hierarchy, and several of the the people that are sitting at the table are several of the oldest rivals in the league when it comes to the Grizz, the Cats, and uh, and Idaho. So go check that out, uh, SkylineSportsMT.com. Uh, it was a good weekend. Hope you had a good weekend as well. Starting when games start, so that's two weeks away from now during the college football season, we'll lead each Monday giving you a first look at who both Montana and Montana State are playing. And that's part of our Brawl of the Wild by the Mile series presented by Town Pump. And then each Wednesday, we'll also have a, uh, a giveaway for you, a $50 gift card to Town Pump. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Let's dive into the Montana Football Hour, presented by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications, the official digital sponsor of Grizzly and Bobcat Athletics. Um, again, text us comments, questions. What are, your th- what are you thinking about any and all things football right now, whether it's high school, college, or the pros? Uh, we have a ton of football stuff coming up. Uh, later on this week, we'll have some high school coaches, football coaches joining us as well. And they got a pretty good guest list. The return of Brooks Nuanez uh, coming up later on this week as well, my brother. So uh, we'll be talking Big Sky Conference and NFL football. Uh, so a lot of fun stuff uh, coming up. Before we get to some of these questions, both our uh, co- concerns for the Cats and the Grizz, as well as some of your questions, uh, just one more thing. Andrew, I just wanted to ask you, and we'll be recording a full podcast on Wednesday, so we'll play, have some of that to play on the show uh, as well. But your story it was uh, for, for the, from the Big Sky kickoff was great, SkyInSportsMT.com. But I just wanted to, you to just sort of articulate it verbally. I mean, uh, I know you came to us live from there, but having a couple weeks now to let it sort of sit in your mind, uh, I mean, just tell the people sort of the gist of, of what the story is at Skyline. Well, I thought the biggest thing that struck me from the Big Sky kickoff, and I've been to several of those now, and it's sort of, it becomes a, a matter of routine. You know, you know you're trying to catch up with all the teams. Um, you're sort of just grinding through it. You, you stayed up late on Sunday night. Uh, you're getting up on Monday morning to go through it. But I thought the what stood out to me from this one, and it's tough for things to sometimes stand out from these, it's just the shift of expectations that we've seen. I think that, you know, Montana was the team last year that everybody was was stopping by, and they sort of had the energy around the table, right? They had been picked number one in both the coaches and the media polls, I think, in preseason. Uh, and there was there was this excitement and this energy around the Grizz. Well, this year, that wasn't there so much for Montana, but Idaho was the team bringing that energy. I mean, Jermaine Jackson and Hayden Hatton, the wide receivers rolling up in the prom night tuxedos, uh, Classic. Jason Eck loving it. The, the confidence, it just felt like, man, the expectations can switch so much in one year. And now it's Idaho who's the team on the upswing. And, and Montana's the team that sort of doesn't have those expectations. But is that going to be good for Montana this year if it allows Bobby Houck's viewpoint of sort of, you know, the only thing that matters is the games. We're going to prepare for this game this week. We're not going to worry about the expectations at all. Uh, does that viewpoint, which which is a tough one to come across at Montana because there's so much outside attention on Montana. Exactly. Does the lack of expectations help the Grizz this year? And then, of course, Montana State always has expectations. And, and so while the Grizz and, and Idaho are sort of crossing each other this yep. year on the axis, Montana State's just sitting there knowing that their expectations are, are to contend for a national title, nothing short of it. And I think it's fascinating how Brent Vegan has been able to handle that in his couple years as the head coach of the Bobcats. So it was just a, a look at those three teams, those three coaches, uh, and, and what they're facing this year, the expectations that they're facing this year. 
sitting there and talking to Jason Eck, Idaho head coach, you think, well, man, if there's anybody that can handle expectations, it's this guy. I mean, he's he's as confident as they come. Some would say brash, but he loves it. I think he loves his players. I think his players love playing for him. They play a really fun style. They let it rip. Uh, they certainly actually sort of faded down the stretch last season, and they got beat by Sela. Uh, who's a, a good FCS program, but certainly not a Big Sky caliber one. Uh, but but I know had some great high marks last year, and and I think that they fully and finally officially reestablished themselves as a real team, a real program uh, in the Big Sky. That said, even if you think okay, X seems like he can handle expectations so well. Well, that exact same narrative is applied to Bobby Houck last year, and then the Grizzlies got crushed by the weight of their expectations. So maybe uh, being able to handle it isn't a really big part of it. It's, I think it's more if it starts to go off the rails, how do you get it back on the rails? That's the most interesting part about the thing with Houck to me, though, Andrew, is you, you say maybe being underrated or not having huge expectations is good for the Grizz. I'm so fascinated to see because Bobby Houck has never coached a Grizz team that didn't have sky-high expectations. His first seven seasons at Montana, Montana was the defending champs because they won 12 titles in a row in the big sky. Uh, I mean, Bobby Houck took over a team that had won its second national championship in six years, two years after uh, they had won a national championship. So the cupboard was certainly full, and they were rolling. I mean, Montana rolled all through Coach Houck's tenure. 80-17 and uh, is an undeniable level of success that Bobby Houck had first time around but always sky-high expectations. Then I think in 2018, oh man, Darth Vader's back in the league. So there was expectations, even though the Grizz were coming off of a, a lackluster season that got Bob Stitt fired, uh, yet still. And then I think that pretty much all the years so far, wouldn't you agree that in the years since Coach Houck's been back, this is the lowest expectations that they've had externally? Absolutely. That's why it struck me so much when I was when I was in there seeing it and, and talking yeah. to Bobby Houck and just feeling the vibe in the room. And I'm not saying, Coulter, that there aren't expectations around Montana. There always is. They, they were, I mean, they were, still, they were still picked to finish third by the media. I think everybody that covers the league fully expects Montana to make the playoffs. Absolutely. With the way the playoffs are structured now, the 2014 playoff, and probably five teams in the Big Sky are going to get in every year, and Montana's ability to bid on home games in the first round, it would take a catastrophe for Montana to not make the playoffs. Absolutely, and and that's that hasn't gone away. It's just, man, I think for the first time, right, two of the other big-time tra- na- tradition-laden names yes. in the room are sucking up some of that spotlight, right? For sure. And, and Idaho especially, just because of the way that they were embracing it, right? Right. So it's not that there's not expectations for the Grizz. It's just that there, there are other spotlights in the room now. For sure. And the fact that Idaho's one of the ones that's sucking up the expectation from Montana, for, for Grizz fans of a certain age, that's going to drive you crazy. I, I mean, I was I was at a meeting earlier uh, this, uh, this today, I guess this morning, with a guy who's been a podcast guest of ours, Brian Toon, former Grizz defensive tackle from Butte, America, on that 1995 national championship team. More to come on what we were scheming up today, so stay tuned on that. But like he was saying, man, I hated Idaho more than anybody, including the Cats, when I was in college. So for people of a certain age, the fact that Idaho's still in Montana's limelight has to be stuck in your craw. And here's the last point here, Coulter, and I sort of wrote this in my outline for the story. It didn't really make it into the final draft. Idaho is one of the very few programs in the league that has the resources 
and has the tradition to make this ascent stick, right? Oh, that's right. Because, I mean, no matter what we oh, were since sta- they dropped back down, the, 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 all the things that were missing from them being really good had nothing to do with talent or, like, their fan base or their facilities or anything like that. It was what they were doing on the field. Yeah, right. I mean, they, they got, what, what, top three weight room in the league, yep. top three stadium in the league, top three fan base in the league, uh, top, I mean, I would say top three tradition in the league, right? Yeah, and what what I'm saying is no matter how good Weber State did under Jay Hill, or we'll see if that continues sure. under Mickey right, Mitchell, right. the Weber State Wildcats were never surpassing Montana as a football program. That's right. But Montana State and Idaho have the, the resources and the tradition, as mentioned, to to make that stick, right? To, they to, do. To they challenge do. Montana. They do. Sort of not in the standings, but just sort of in everybody's minds as one of the teams at the top of the league. So I think that that's part of what, uh, leads to the increased expectations for the Vandals, but it's also just an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting little uh, competition now. I think because it is. you know, no matter what Sac State does, Sac State football is never going to be Montana football. Right, but Idaho football. If they keep this rolling, if they keep the excitement and the energy around that team, they could surpass Montana for sure. It was a one. It's it's one playoff season and zero playoff wins. So those of you that are screaming at your radio. Man, Idaho went seven and five last year. Idaho's Idaho's just fine, you know. Whatever, uh, I agree. But but what Andrew's saying as well is that they just have they have way more of a foundation to have an ascension. And uh, if they had an ascension, I think that that would revitalize their fan base is already revitalized. But I, th- I think they have a ton of fans, a ton of alums that would be back in a big way if Idaho was truly competing not only in the Big Sky but also. Uh, on the national stage. It's the Montana Football Hour, presented by Blackfoot Communications. To find out how Blackfoot can help you and your small business, visit goblackfoot.com. A text from last week. Question for Coulter. I've heard on more than one sports podcast that Malott is a great athlete. Speaking of Tommy Malott, the junior quarterback for the uh, Bobcats. Malott is a great athlete, but not a great quarterback, in quotes. Granted, I heard first on an SDSU podcast, and I've heard somewhere else, too. Is there any justification to this criticism, in your opinion? Uh, This is a great question, a great inquiry. Here's what I think. First of all, I watched Tommy Malott in high school when he was the starting quarterback at Butte High for three varsity seasons. So he had a lot of reps. I watched him live in person four times, and I also watched him compete at a combine in Bozeman, which was equally impressive. First of all, the things you got to know about Tommy Malad is he is truly one of the great athletes in the Big Sky Conference. Montana State's wide receivers have been fielding questions from the media, trying to pick arguments on who's the fastest guy on the team. Of course, Marquis Johnson thinks he's the fastest guy on the team because he's the All-American kick returner, and he's certainly in the mix. But Cleveland Thomas said the only guy that can beat him in a race is Tommy Malott. Several other guys said that as well. If you're faster than Cleveland Thomas and, and Ty McCullough, if you're Tommy Malott, then you're running a true 4-4. Four four. The other thing you got to realize is Tommy Malott has, I believe, one of the top five squats on the Bobcat football team. He squats over 500 pounds at only 210 pounds, so he's got prodigious strength as well. The other thing, I, I you know, I bring up his high school career because Tommy Mollott, while running a, a pretty advantageous offense for his skill set there uh, under Ari Gray, he, he can throw the ball. He was a great high school quarterback. You could say, okay, well, it's just against Montana defensive backs. I totally agree with that criticism, but you don't throw for 3,500 yards two years in a row unless you can throw the ball, and he can throw the ball. 
when he first broke into the lineup as a freshman during that playoff run where, where Montana State went all the way to the national championship, they had the entire offense rolling, and it's a different offense than what they're running right now. It had a lot of zone read and inside zone uh, principles to, to accentuate Isaiah Fonse. It also had a whole bunch of back shoulder throws to accentuate the, the skill uh, of Lance McCutcheon and Nate Stewart. So Malat wasn't asked to really read defenses and break defenses down. He was just asked to, you know, run the inside zone read with Isaiah Fonse, give or take when you can, get upfield, get some yards, and when we ask you to throw the back shoulder fade, complete 40% of them and we'll be off and roll it. And when he completes the first three against Sam Houston and all of a sudden the Cats are up 28-0, it's game over. So then Malat was not really asked to ever do anything in the scope of, of reading defenses. So then you fast forward to last year, his sophomore year, and the kid's coming off of uh, surgery for uh, a high ankle sprain-like injury. Uh, so he's having a hard, you know, he, he doesn't have a full offseason to work. He's got a, having a hard time planting off that leg. Um, and then Montana State has their entire arsenal of running backs go down, so they have to implement this two-quarterback system where they're running the quarterbacks all the time. You know, both Malat and Sean Chambers were Montana State's two leading rushers a year ago. And they were both carrying the ball, you know, 15 to 25 times a game when they were healthy. Then you talk about the injuries. Malak got a concussion against Eastern Washington. He got banged up later on. He hit his head again against South Dakota State. So uh, I think that also sort of muddles your analysis of him as a quarterback. So to answer the question, do I think it's a fair or unfair criticism? I think Tommy Malat has not had the opportunity to show what he can do from a true, quote-unquote, pure quarterback perspective because a couple things. One, when you can run that guy, you're going to run that guy because, again, he's one of the fastest players in the conference, and he's also a powerhouse. He, he can get extra yards. He can get tough yards. He's got great moves in the open field. Secondly, though, uh, they've had some stuff scaled back because of personnel in their program, but I expect them to, to have a lot of stuff in the offense this year that we haven't seen that's easy throws for Tommy Malott. You know, check downs to the tight end. Drag routes for guys like Lanyata Alexander out of the slot. They're still going to throw that back shoulder fade for sure. Uh, I personally, and I'm on the record saying this already, I think Tommy Malott's going to make a huge jump this year. He already has the intangibles that you desire in a quarterback, like leadership, situational awareness, the ability to make plays. He's clutch. Um, I mean, his, his record's pretty peerless when it comes to uh in Big Sky Conference games, and just in games that he starts and finishes, period, Big Sky or otherwise. So I expect big things uh, for, for Tommy Mallott this year. Nuwana's now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and uh, the ESPN MT app. Text from a listener uh, talking about Zach Cruz. Yeah, Zach Cruz is going to be a good player for sure um, there at Montana State um, when provided opportunities. And I think he's going to get some opportunities this year. The Cats are deep on the defensive line, but I, I think Cruz is a special athlete. I think he'll get uh, some some opportunities for sure. Uh, biggest concerns for both the Cats and the Grizz, we're not going to be able to get through all of these right now. Uh, we'll let this spill over here throughout the Montana Football Hour. Montana Football Hour, by the way, uh, presented by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications, the official digital sponsor of Grizzly Athletics. Uh Biggest concerns to me about Montana, I think that 
to me, my, my biggest concern with the Grizz is, is absolutely definitively one position group, and that's the cornerbacks. Because I think if you are running the defense that Montana's running, and they're still running the three-three-five stack that has a whole bunch of voodoo pressures and a whole bunch of zone blitzing and fire zone blitzes, but then a, a ton of man on the outside with the corners, you need guys that can guard and guard well. I think Montana has a lockdown guy in Corbin Walker. I think he's, he's one of the best corners in the league. Who's the other corner, though? They moved Ronald Jackson from safety to corner during the summer, so he didn't even play corner during the spring. So that's a lot of reps that he needs to get in during this fall camp. Trevin Gradney's a guy that's been in the program for a couple years. Is he ready to take the next step? Can he truly be uh, a, a pure man-to-man corner? And then they also brought in several transfers. They brought in Jelani Warren, who's a kid out of UCLA. And they brought in Luther Campbell, who's a kid that, uh, Lamar Campbell, excuse me, is a kid that started his career at Washington State and then went to a junior college. And then they got a smattering of, of younger guys, too. Jace Kluschwich uh, might be able to fight his way in the mix. I, I just think, though, Andrew, that you got to have straight lockdown guys. Like when, when the Grizz first started running this defense and they had Justin Calhoun and Darion Nash, who are both, you know, fine big sky corners, average big sky corners. There was a lot of big play capabilities, even with really talented guys like Justin Ford. They they still were prone to get gashed from time to time. Um, what are you watching with the, with the corners? Or I guess how important do you really think this is if they're going to continue to bring this much pressure? Yeah, it's hugely important. And the thing is that if if the corners are subpar in this defense or even just average, like you said, yeah. it puts so much stress on the other parts of the defense, right? It puts right. so much stress, right? on the guys who are having to play center field behind them. Right. Garrett Graves, Nash Fouch, Trajan Cotton, whoever's playing safety back there. Yep. Puts so much pressure on the defensive line and the pass rushing linebackers uh to get to get to the quarterback before the clock goes off. Yep. Um so so it really is sort of a linchpin of this defense that they're running. And now we don't know what Ronnie Bradford's defense is going to look like. Totally. And one thing I've heard from some insights in the Grizz camp is that one of the things about the secondary that's going to change for the last four years, I mean, Robbie Houck was listed as a safety on the on the roster, and he's a safety in body type. But really, in what Montana does, especially in their run fits, Robbie Houck is a linebacker. The Grizz are playing with technically two linebackers and an edge, and then this, this uh, guy that just runs the alley. And, and that's why Robbie had so much uh, that's so much production. That's why he had so many tackles. One thing that I think is a, a little bit of a shift in the in the three three five principles is they're treating the nickel more as that extra linebacker. That's Trajan Cotton's spot. He's got that locked down. Uh, I do think that he has lost a step in coverage, but he is tough as nails, and he can keep stuff in front of him. He's a great tackler. So if that's more short up and then you're just rotating the other two safety spots, I think you can have a lot more fluidity there. I think you can let Nash Bouch and Garrett Graves and these guys that are great athletes make more plays in the back end rather than trying to fill the alley like Robbie Houck was for so long. No doubt. And maybe it, maybe it won't be quite as um, kamikaze or, or heavy metal defense is the term that we used last year because you, totally. you will have that guy back in center field a little bit more. I think that this is really... I think they want Trevin Gradney to take that spot. I think yes, this is do. Trevin Gradney's spot to lose. I think you know he's a guy who showed really well. He was their, their third corner. At times last year, he got a lot of play, particularly yep. at the end of the Cal Poly Eastern Washington games. Yep. This is how Montana's defense, this is how Montana's program works, right? That's right. 
He's a great special teamer. He might yep. be the best special teams coverage guy in the league. He's been getting reps as the third or fourth corner uh, last couple years, but especially last year. He's a great athlete. He's got a great frame. I think that if he's not the guy, there's a real issue there because that's what they want to happen. That's what the coaching staff wants to happen this year is for, for Trevin Gradney to take that spot and be and be good. There's been so much talk. Montana Football Hour here presented by Blackfoot Communications. Uh, so much talk about transfers right now in the modern era and how many transfers the Grizz are taking. One thing I always remind people, Mike McFeely, who's a, a columnist out there in Fargo, he texts me from time to time, keeping up on Big Sky Conference stuff. And he was commenting on the release Montana sent out the, right before fall camp, saying that they had nine new transfers this summer and 14 total transfers. And he said, what's going on over there in Missoula? And I had to kindly remind him, and I have to kindly remind very many people, Bobby Houck has always taken transfers. Coach Houck took more transfers than anybody else in the Big Sky Conference, I would reckon. There probably Sac State was taking a bunch of JC guys back in the mid-2000s. Idaho State was also taking a bunch of JC guys for a while there. But in terms of Division One dropdowns, Montana was at or near the, t- the, the leaders of the pack in terms of taking dropdown guys. That was always the tactic, though. Coach Houck would always bring in a, a transfer to compete with his in-house quarterback, his in-house running backs, his in-house corners to challenge those guys. One of the great stories of Montana football is how the Mark Mariannis and Mike Ferriters would come back and say, well, we don't care about your UCLA wide receivers. We're still going to run this, and we're going to be the starters. That's exactly what they did at corner. They brought in Jelani Warren, and they brought in um, Lamar Campbell to put pressure on Gradney. If that makes him rise, though, uh, that would be big time for the Grizz. And uh, the fa- like you said, the fact that I think that he has this trajectory that's proven in, in Coach Houck's program, uh, I think it bodes well for his future. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that trajectory with with tons of players, particularly on defense for the Grizz. I mean, the homegrown Montana guys. Look, I it's so tempting to ascribe to the narrative of, well, here's why they brought in. I mean, they brought in Ronald Jackson in the winter, too, yeah, I think. Right. Here's why they brought in all those guys. It's because they're worried about Trevin Gradney. They're worried about Jace Klusiewicz, the guys who they have in-house. Sure. I think you said it perfectly. That's not really the way Bobby Houck operates. No, right. It's not because he thinks Trevin Gradney can't do the job. No, right. It's because he thinks... He's obsessed he, with competition. If he brings these guys in, we're just going to have Trevin Gradney do the job better because he'll have to rise to the occasion. You said that in your in your story on Skyline Sports, handicapping the positions. Bobby Houck is obsessed with competition and sometimes to a fault. More strengths and weaknesses for the Bobcats coming up. But we'll also hear, uh, for Bobcats and the Grizzlies, that is. Uh, and we'll also hear, though, from a couple of the guys from those squads. Alex Gubner, an All-American defensive tackle at Montana. Rylan Ort. A uh, burgeoning talent there at safety who's from Missoula but playing at Montana State. Both those guys join us next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. 
mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We're rolling through the Montana Football Hour, which is what we will do for the first hour of each Monday show here through the rest of the season, through the rest of the year. And uh, happy to have Blackfoot Communications back on board to support the Montana Football Hour. Blackfoot Communications, the official digital sponsor of Grizzly Athletics. Our Andrew Houghton caught up with one of the best players on the Montana Grizzlies last week. We'll just keep on rolling. Uh, didn't see that, Andrew. Apologies. Live radio at its finest. <laughs> uh, more concerns. We'll have it in about three minutes. Oh, okay, great. Can't wait. Uh, more concerns about both. Uh, we'll just stick on Montana. We were talking about the corners and uh, the way that fits into their uh, defensive scheme. Uh, the other thing, I-, I was down at practice last week talking about with Coach Houck about... Um, all the college football realignment stuff and what he thought about it. And uh, we have a similar take on it. I wonder as well if we, you know, 15 years from now, look back and and wonder what the heck did we do to college football? I totally agree with what Bobby Houck said with that. But I also talked to him about his offensive and defensive lines. And uh, I think that the guy who's joining us next, Alex Gubner, one of the best interior guys in the league, I also think, though, that having a second guy there that can play at a high level is important because Governor can play a bunch of snaps, but he can play at a lot higher uh, motor if he's got another guy to spell him for, you know, let's say 25, 30 plays a game. And uh, Eli Alford was that guy last year. Who's going to be that guy this year? Jared Ramos was the number two in the spring. Uh, he was pretty good, and he's a highly recruited guy. But now they're playing Noah Cashmitter. And Kellen Dietrich in there. Cashmitter is a junior from Grangeville, Idaho. Small town kid, great story. Uh, you know, playing small school football and, uh, and then working his way up. Uh, and it's cool he's doing it in a different state. If you don't know where Grangeville is, it's it's on the way over Highway 12. If you're driving uh, towards Lewiston, Idaho, for example. Uh, you know, over Lolo Pass, basically. And, and it's just this small, I mean, it's right out of like north central Montana. That's what it looks like. And uh, Cashmitter, he's up to about 265 pounds. And I think he's, I mean, he's certainly well regarded as one of the top lifters on the Grizz. Uh, he can clean and squat as much as anybody on the team. So even if he doesn't have that 300 pound girth, uh, he's certainly a guy I think that has the strength to play there on the inside. And then Kellen Dietrich's another guy. He might not have the mass. Uh, he's about 250, 255 right now. He's a kid out of Haver, but also very, very strong. So, uh, I just think that that's a key spot. Who's going to be the number one guy to spell uh, Alex Gubner? Uh, I think Montana needs a little bit of fortification there, but if those young guys come along, uh, they could be just fine. Speaking of Alex Gubner, Andrew caught up with him last week. 
And joining us here for a little Grizz Star of the Week action, uh, joining us right after practice, wrapping up here on Thursday, Montana Grizzlies defensive tackle Alex Gubner. Uh, Gubner, man, thanks for being here. Of course, thanks for having me. Well, let's just start with this. You guys are, are almost done with sort of the first week of fall camp here. How's the first almost week been? I mean, has it been good being back in it? Yeah, it's great to be back. You know, it's obviously a grind. You know, fall camp meant to be difficult. You know, it's not going to be easy. But the whole goal is to get you ready for, you know, three, four months of, you know, high performance, high energy football. You know, it takes a lot. you got to be in shape. So glad to be in camp. Anything different about this year's fall camp or anything that you feel changes as you just, you know, get older and are experiencing it for another year? Yeah, for the first time in my career, it's uh, below 90 degrees. Nice, cool winds, you know. Coach Hub's not too happy about that. He wants it to be hot. Yeah, I mean, nothing, you know, we, we do things a certain way and we don't really deviate um, with camp, you know. Same you know, I've been doing this for so so long. You know, I'm pretty used to the camp schedule. It hasn't really changed. Yeah, and, and clear skies too, right? Because I know you guys have had some smoke in there in, in previous years. You have clear skies. I mean, I don't see a cloud right now. It's pretty awesome. Well, there's Alex Gubner joining us here uh, on Nuanas now, just talking a little bit about fall camp and the Montana Grizzlies going into this season. Alex, you know, you're a guy who's a first-team preseason all-conference pick. I know Bobby Houck talked uh, glowingly about you at the Big Sky kickoff. What are your expectations for yourself going into this season? I just want to help my team win football games. That's really the only goal. Um, I want us to win a Big Sky championship. I want us to compete and go for that national title. I mean, that's the goal. You know, I just want to help my team get W's, help my, you know, make plays to help defense get off the field. I don't really care about the other stuff. No doubt. Has there been something that you've uh, been trying to add to your game this offseason? I mean, you had a great year last year, but it seems like you understand that you can always improve. Has there been something that you've been trying to add this offseason? I think just refining my craft, watching a lot of film, trying to get my technique better, all that stuff, and then getting in the weight room and getting just stronger and faster, trying to get more agile and just kind of fine-tuning everything. I mean, yeah. Does it does it feel any different this year coming into, you know, your redshirt senior year? You've been around for a while, getting towards the end of your career here. Does it feel any different knowing that you're getting closer to the end of your career? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I've been here for a long, long time. It uh, definitely has not flown by. Um, six years is a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy that this is it, and this is the last time I'll be out on Thornblazer. I mean, all, everything's kind of, you know, wrapping up. It's kind of crazy because I've been here for a long time. It's kind of been used to being here and the whole process of football and calendar year and all that stuff, and now it's like, you know, it's coming to an end. Well, let's talk a little bit about the, the defense this year. You guys have a new defensive coordinator in Ronnie Bradford, of course, a guy who's, who's familiar to a bunch of guys on the team, a guy who's been on staff. But what's that transition been like, you know, going into this offseason and now into fall camp? I mean, we're, you know, it's been pretty good. Um, he's a great he's a great coordinator, great coach. Um, he is a high, he's a very high-energy coach. You know, that's obviously really important, I think, for a football team. Um, I mean, he gets us going. He's, you know, when we make plays, he's hyping us up. It's awesome. Uh, you know, great dude. Are you expecting your role to change at all, you know, in, in the scheme that, that he's running this year? Uh, that's probably a question we'll have to wait for until uh, maybe the middle of the season. Wait at least until until people see it? Uh-huh. 
Well, that's fair enough. It's Alex Gubner, Montana Grizzlies defensive tackle, joining us uh, on one as now. A uh, little Grizz Star of the Week action just wrapping up fall camp practice here on Thursday. We've seen some shifts as well, sort of in the guys flanking you on that defense. I mean, De'Ari Todd was there last year. Eli Alford's been a guy who split reps with you in the middle of that defensive line for a couple years. What's the defensive line looking like this year, and, and who should we expect to see uh, around you? Who's who's impressed you this fall camp? Uh, Kale Edwards, Hayden Harris, those guys. Uh, Kale's been with us for a while. Um, I think this is going to be his year, and then Hayden to transfer from UCLA. I mean, both those guys are dogs. Love playing with them. They're high energy. They're both huge dudes. Very athletic. Um, Noah Cashmitter, uh, he's a nose tackle. He's been with the program for a long time. One of my good buddies. Yeah, he's a great player, fast dude, higher energy guy. So, yeah, those guys. Yeah, Hayden Harris, I think probably a guy who a lot of uh, people around the program are curious about, right, because a, a transfer coming in from such a prestigious program as UCLA. What was your first impression of him? Um, I mean, he's just a, he's a big guy. He's about 250 pounds. He, he looks the part of a stud. I mean, um, he's a, he's just a, he's a funny dude, man. I, if you ever interview him, he's a, kind of a goofball. doesn't take himself super seriously off the field, but on the field, I mean, he's a grinder. I love that guy. I'm sure we will interview him at some point this year, maybe even during fall camp, so I'm looking forward to that. Just in general on the defense, you guys, it's going to be a big storyline. You guys are replacing you know, guys like Patrick O'Connell, guys like Justin Ford, guys like Robbie Houck, who were All-Americans on that defense last year. How much does the, the responsibility fall on somebody like you, who's a guy who's been around and has, has been an all-conference guy? Um, and, and how do you feel like you guys are going about replacing just some of those guys who might honestly be irreplaceable? I mean, those guys are great players, and obviously we got to replace them. I mean, that's how college football programs succeed, right? You know, coaching staffs, they have to bring in new guys, recruiting, transfer, I mean, Alabama, all those big schools you hear about, I mean, they, it's not, every year they're competing, and it's because they can bring in new guys, so, I mean, I think we're doing something like that, where we got guys filling those spots, and I think they're going to do a really good job, um, and as far as I'm concerned, I just got to do my 111s, that's really my focus is, I'm not trying to be Pat, you know, I'm not his position, not Robbie's position, or Justin, you know, I'm just playing defensive tackle. Well, that's right. And defensive tackle, I think, or at least this is what I've kind of observed, you in particular, it really is the spot where it is all just based on, as you guys like to say, doing your 111th, right? I mean, you're, guy, you're the guy in the middle. You're the guy doing a bunch of sort of uh, thankless things that don't show up uh, on the stat sheet, don't show up on the tape a lot of times, but you've really embodied that these last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, again, just doing my 111, doing what he needs me to do. And uh, sometimes, you know, I'm not going to make the flashy plays, you know. It's you know, it's all part of the process to help the team win. So that's what I'm about. Last guy I wanted to ask you about a guy who who is breaking into the lineup this year at at cornerback Trevin Gradney. I mean, he's a guy who's been around the program for a number of years now. So, what have you seen from him so far? What have been your impressions of of him as a guy who uh, should be in line for some more playing time this year? Uh, Trevin, Trevin's a stud. I think uh, he's gotten better and better since he got here. Um, I mean, I've watched him in camp so far. Guys making plays, breaking up passes all the time. I mean, He's super fast. I mean, I don't pay too much attention to the corners because I'm always watching the ball in the D-line, but that guy, I think, is going to have a big year. 
Sure. Uh, last thing for you, what's it been for you? I think this is going to be another sort of big storyline around the team this year, but you're bringing so much experience back on the offensive line. What's it been for you watching those guys grow and, and watching them grow and sort of going against them time and time again through the years, and now they're they're bringing back a, a unit with a ton of experience? Yeah, I mean, our line's really good. I mean, as look at the accolades and the guys that we got on there. I mean, they're all returning, all older guys, upperclassmen, um, I think I think our line is one of the best in the country, um, definitely in the conference. I think we're, you know, I'm not going to be an absolute, but I think we're competing with those uh, races. I mean, they're they're a good group, and they play physical, and they're very Simon-oriented, and I mean, they, they played a lot of football together, so. Yeah, that's a big thing, of course, for any offensive line. Uh, it's Montana defensive tackle Alex Gubner, uh, good enough to share some time with us here after practice. On Thursday, uh, Alex, man, we appreciate the time. Uh, looking forward to, to watching you this season, so good luck this season, and uh, we'll catch up with you again. But thanks for taking the time. Of course, thank you for having me. One of the reasons why Bobby Howe calls him the best defensive player in the conference is, as Andrew uh, laid out there, not a lot of glory comes the way of the defensive tackles, but that's the thing about Alex Gubner. He's made, made an inordinate amount of plays considering – uh, the position that he plays in. I mean, he, he's he's got 20 tackles for loss in his career. Uh, he's got seven and a half sacks, and he's also got four picks. For a true nose, uh, those are exceptional numbers. He also has the ability to run down ball carriers uh, in the open field, and that's what also makes him special, and that's also why I think uh, he's a guy that's going to at least get a shot to play on Sundays. Thanks to Andrew Houghton for providing that uh, interview with Alex Gubner, senior All-American defensive tackle for the Montana Grizzlies. The Montana Football Hour presented by Blackfoot Communications. Let's talk some Bobcats. Ryland Ort, a Missoula Sentinel product, who's now slated as the starting strong safety at MSU. He'll join us next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. One, two, three. What is now on ESPN Radio. It was now ESPN Radio, one of my favorite songs by one of my favorite bands, a little Fleetwood Mac for you to finish up the Montana Football Hours presented by Blackfoot Communications. Want to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business? Visit goblackfoot.com. We'll continue with our uh, questions and concerns about both Montana and Montana State as they roll through fall camp here over the next couple weeks. We'll do a little bit of that in hour number two and also throughout uh, the rest of the week. One spot, though. I think the Cats have a lot of opportunities for guys to rise up, but they need some guys to rise up as well, is in the defensive secondary. Simeon Woodard is one of the best corners in the league, and he'll be one of the starters there at Montana State. What's the other corner spot have in store? They have a couple uh, unproven guys, Miles Jackson and Devin Davis, in the mix. They also have uh, a freshman in Andrew Powdrell in the mix, and they also brought in a transfer in John Johnson, a junior college guy. Uh, out of El Camino, J.C. So that's a heated competition. Replacing the nickel spot is also huge. Ty Okada has been one of the best nickels in the country the last couple years there at MSU and is now playing for the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, I also think that they need to shore up the safety spots as well. One guy who's played a lot of football, even though he's had his career derailed a little bit, is Rylan Ort. He's a Missoula Sentinel kid. He was a quarterback for the Spartans. Transitioned to safety and had good returns his first couple years. Uh, then he got popped for a failed drug test for uh, performance-enhancing drugs. And uh, then his appeal to come back from that also was, 
I, I don't know how to say the, the actual logistics of it, but it was delayed for a week last year. But then he ended up coming back and playing the second half of last season. And now he's, he's slated to do big things there at Montana State. He's their uh, starting strong safety right now. I caught up with them on media day. Looking at the, the projected depth chart going into fall camp, one of the spots I'm really interested in is the nickel spot because yeah. he had such a great nickel for the last couple of years in Ty Okada. I know you got some up-and-coming guys there, but that seems like such a huge spot on your guys' defense. So how yeah. important is it for just the defensive unit as a whole to find a solution or two there? Yeah, no, I think it is a big spot just saying because – I don't know. He's in a lot of the run game, a lot of the pass game. He's kind of like the the mix between the backer and the safety. So, I mean, he's talking to everybody, the D-line, the backers, and the the DBs. Um, I think we got two really good guys that should go compete for that spot and, you know, whatever happens there with Lavelle and and Caden Dowler. But, um, yeah, it's big shoes to fill, but I think those guys are more than capable of filling them. Does it have to be one guy or can it be two? I mean, I guess it's easier when an offense is going fast, but, I mean, is, is there a room for multiple contributors there? Yeah, I totally think there is. Um, you know, two guys brings, you know, maybe each guy brings something different to the table and put them in in different situations. You know, I'm not saying either guy is, is good at that or better at one thing or, or not, but, yeah, it'd be nice to have a guy like Ty Okada, you know, everything he can do right. do it all, but maybe we don't always find that. So I think it'll be good for those two just to compete and whatever happens, happens. But as long as they're competing, they're making each other better, and that makes the defense better overall. So. How about for you, just uh, having a chance to now have a full season? I know it was kind of hard for you at the beginning part of last year, and then you kind of have to dive in and, and uh, shake the rust off. So uh, just being able to get going right away, how much does that help you? It uh, helps me a lot. You know, having fall camp last year, I had to take like an eight- or nine-week break of no live football right. between fall camp and then and then the NAU game. So, I mean, that, that was kind of tough, but it will be nice this year, you know, uh, even starting with spring ball, kind of felt like a fresh start for me and into summer and now into fall camp. I think it'll be good just getting the chemistry, working with everybody, and you know, just playing as football as long as I can. So, how much more comfortable are you just at that strong safety spot now? Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm really comfortable. You know, starting all the way back and with Coach Banks, I was playing a lot of strong safety with yeah. him, and and that was good. And then, you know, second year under Coach Garza now, and and it's really the third year in the system. So, uh, yeah, really comfortable. But there's always stuff to improve on always always more little details that you can work on within the defense and and whatnot and I think the biggest part is just like getting comfortable playing with certain guys you know like playing with the backers and playing with the other DBs and so I think fall camp will be really good for us in that regard. How would you sort of just describe just broadly the the responsibilities or or more importantly just sort of the role that the strong safety plays in in Willie Mack's defense? Yeah I think the strong safety is a little bit of a hybrid, you know. Yeah. It's kind of similar to the nickel, but right. we're into the run fit a lot. So I mean, you got to be got to be willing to go play in the box. You got to be uh, you got to know pretty much what everybody else is doing around because you got the coverage, you got the front, and then you got the backers and, and knowing the fits and whatnot. And uh, you got to be a good communicator. You got to talk to a lot of people. So I mean, but he also allows you to go. You know, be kind of a ball hawk, kind of roam around, play the back half as a traditional safety. And um, so, yeah, I think it's a really good position. Ort, a Montana State junior safety, projected as the starting strong safety there at MSU. It's the Montana Football Hour, presented by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications, the official digital sponsor of Bobcat Athletics. 
How about the, just the, the battle of free safety? Because Jeffrey Manning kind of had that locked the last couple of years. Uh, what do you think of that? And how do you think Polidor's done transitioning from corner? Yeah, I think Polidor's done a really good job. You know, he's a rangy guy. He, like, you look at him and you're like, geez, that guy looks like a football player. You know, he, he, he passes the eye test for sure. But, yeah, he's been playing playing really well. We got uh, Blake Stillwell at Kemp has come in and started to learn the defense. You know, he's improving a lot. Tyson Pottinger has been here for a few years. So, you know, I think we got three guys that are more than capable of making plays back there and yeah we'll just have to see how how each guy competes and, and what they can bring to the table and and help the defense out i asked brody the same thing but the, the sort of the narrative around the program the way it's evolved has been so interesting because it was how do you replace choke and then it was how do you replace troy anderson and all the other nfl guys now it's kind of more just like how do you get to the top how do you become a national champion how do you sort of embrace that narrative yeah, no, I think it is. Uh, I think it is good. You know, I think the first part of that is like the next man up mentality that we've always had. So, you know, I think people like they don't they don't necessarily like to see change. And then once something happens, they kind of get worried about it. But but at the same time, you got a hundred other guys that are working just as hard as the guy in front of them in the locker room and doing everything else behind the scenes and maybe not not getting the recognition for it. But you know, when their time has come, they've stepped up and whatnot. But yeah, as far as getting getting to the top you know i think um it's just the mindset of of we got to get better every day you know it's not like we're sitting here talking about chasing ndsu chasing sdsu and whatnot it's 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 us getting better you know we got to focus on ourselves we got to worry about ourselves and if we're worried too much about the the um product instead of the process then you know that's kind of where we get in trouble so i think going to work every single day and and evaluating ourselves seems like the way you guys practice it sort of makes you enjoy the process right because everybody has to be engaged everybody gets a ton of reps does that i mean is that true does that kind of help you no i think it really does because there's not a lot of standing around for anybody you know i mean when we are going team and it's double repping you know you might get four plays off but you're back in there and and if you're not watching those four plays, um, you know, something could happen. You might be getting more plays and, and guys go down and whatnot, and you might be taking more more plays in practice than other people. But, no, it is really good that I think everybody is engaged. Everyone knows that they have a role on this team, and they got to own that role, and they, they are contributing in no matter what it is, if it's scout teams, special teams, or if you're the first team quarterback on offense, you know what I'm saying? Like everyone is, is doing something for the team. So I think it's a really good way to practice. There's uh, there's so many guys on this team that have sort of natural leadership abilities, but that have been younger, and now you guys are all older. So do you, is, it, is it easier to lead just because you've, you've been around longer? Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, you know, just getting to know the guys. You've seen more and, and done more, you know. Um, and you've put the time in kind of thing. And especially, like, since we've been around, we've also been around great leaders ahead of us, guys like Troy, guys like Callahan, RJ, Ty, you know, those guys. So, I mean, you get to see and kind of pick and choose tools from, from everybody that you've learned from and then make it into your own. So it's, it's not guys trying to be Ty. It's not guys trying to be to or Troy's. Guys trying to be themselves, and maybe they've, they've taken a couple things that they've learned from those guys, and I think that really helps. Uh, you guys are good defensively a year ago, but what's the next step for you guys defensively? What do you think are the things you need to, to elevate? You know, I think um, 
pass game is big for us. If we can, uh, if we can hold up in the pass game, you know, we're, this program, this program is built on stopping the run and running the ball. I think we've been fairly solid at that the past two years. So I think the next step is if we can really execute in the pass game. You know, lock lock teams down, fly around, make them one dimensional, make them run the ball, and then we can go get after the passer with our D line and everything. So. Um, yeah, I think that's that's the next step in in getting physical too. You know, when you play teams like SDSU and NDSU, you gotta gotta be heavy in the box, and you guys you gotta control the line of scrimmage. So, I mean, we control the line of scrimmage fairly well, but it's those those few games that we really gotta focus on that. Just having such high expectations, and then coming in and getting a chance to chase those. How excited are you for that? Yeah, I'm super excited, but you know, it's just one of those things that that we're not just looking at the top of our pyramid every day. We're looking at the at the things that get us there, you know, turnovers, third down percentage, red zone efficiency, special teams hitting yardage. And so it's all those things that, that we really work on. And that I think that keeps you on a more process-oriented mindset and then, then just chasing a national championship or chasing a big sky championship and keep your head down, go week by week, day by day in fall camp. And so I think, yeah, that, that's what I'm more excited about. Process-oriented mindset, certainly uh, great wisdom that could influence and help out a great many of us. Ryland Ort, a Missoula, Montana native who's playing over there at Montana State, slated as their strong safety uh, for the Bobcats. Joining us here on Nuanas Now, this has been the Montana Football Hour presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com and see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. More concerns about Montana, Montana State, uh, depth charts and roster position battles. NFL division winners, I'm going to pick them. And how did this happen? Hard Knocks is making Aaron Rodgers look way cooler than I thought. All that next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.